if either of you uh, ever murder my brother, I will carve an M on your cheek. Hey everybody, welcome back to our podcast, Watch Better Movies, where we like to highlight underappreciated films that we think deserve more praise. As always, I'm Ben. Matthew. And I'm Colin. And today we actually have a special guest with us today. Say hello. Hello. His name is David O'Neill. Mm-hmm. Welcome, David. Thank you. Yeah, glad to have you. We've, we've been having people uh, kicking down doors trying to be on this podcast. How do you feel to be the first guest here? Honored. Honored. Um, actually, I'm, I'm a big fan. This is, this is a lot of fun. I'm really excited about this. What do you think made you stand out compared to the rest of the applicants? Um, probably just the silky smoothness of my voice. Um, it's not really that I'm, I know anything about film. In fact, I'm not even sure what you guys do here. Um, <laughs> I've actually never, is this like a YouTube thing or? It's our full-time jobs, all of us. Yeah, I don't know. I've never seen it. But. It's because of all of our Patreon subscribers. Oh. So, yeah, yeah, I, none of that. I just <laughs> thought it was because I, I can um, say words good. Yeah. Oh, we're glad you're here. Thanks for joining us. No, thank you. I'm, I'm, really I'm curious to hear your insight on this particular movie, but yeah. maybe is, in maybe Is it because more. of David's Spanish heritage? Oh, do you have Spanish heritage? Not a not a drop. <laughs> <laughs> my, my last name is O'Neill. I am I am as uh, Irish as it gets. All right. So speaking of that, why did you just smell your fingers? <laughs> what did you just smell your fingers? No. Oh, keep keep going. I got itched my nose. Uh, you smelled it. So smell your fingers, itch your nose, pick a booger. It's all good. Yeah, man, you know. So what if I did, Matthew? It's just it's it's totally not kosher I mean, for podcast recording. Well, Colin's naked from the waist down. <laughs> That's podcasting either, but here we are. That's what Irish people do. Well, cool with it. Win in Jamaica. So today we're talking about a movie called uh, The Mask of Zorro, which is very nostalgic to me. Which uh, is different than The Legend of Zorro. It very is. Different. It's the first one. It came out in 1998. It was yep. directed by Martin Campbell, starring Catherine Zeta-Jones, Antonio Banderas, and recent Oscar award winner and best actor ever, Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> Just my opinion. Uh, like so, can I like just give me outside of this movie? I love Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I could do this all day. Why? why <laughs> give, give me give me his other best role. Like why? Why is Hannibal he Hannibal Lecter? F- easily. Okay, easily, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. What else? That's the only other no, Anthony I Hopkins mean, movie I know. No, he does great in Hearts of Atlantis, a Stephen King movie. That's really not really like it's it's another one of those. Speaking of underrated films that does not get appreciated. Never enough. seen it. Um, it's an incredible film. It also. Um, I forget the kid's name. Passed away recently. He stars as a child. In Chadwick Boseman. Definitely not. God, that was not okay <laughs> to say out loud. Um, but yeah, no, really, really great actor, super caliber actor. What, what else? Give me another. The Edge. Yeah, with Alec Baldwin. Actually, I think it's his never brother. seen The Edge. I, I mean, I love Anthony Hopkins, but I guess I've realized that I have not seen two of y'all. Meet favorites. Joe Black. I've is, seen Meet Joe is, Black. Is probably one of my other favorite Anthony Hopkins roles, and also my. Probably my favorite Brad Pitt roles. Another one of his roles that I absolutely adore is more recent. Um, his role in Westworld was iconic. Like just just watch his facial expressions and every deliver his delivery of every single line in that show is just. My mom brought up when I was talking about Anthony Hopkins the other day of him winning. She said, "I feel like he's always the villain." I disagree. I well, like was he the villain? I, I, I don't know why she felt that. Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> well, but he's not. <laughs> okay, though. yeah, true. The, but well, I mean, the, no, not really. He, uh, in Hannibal, he is, but in Red Dragon, as well as Sons yeah. of the Lambs, he's more of a beautiful, intricate mind right. to explore a villain. 
Yeah, he's not he's not quite the main the lead antagonist in that one. Yeah, if anything, he's complimentary to the lead character. And he if does anything, such he's a good supporting job. actor. Yeah, he really does. And that's what's crazy. Well, can you be it. both a protagonist and a villain at the same time? Sure, sure. It's, it's the antihero idea. Yeah. yeah. In this case, he's like the antihero slash the uh, supporting character because um, the real the real uh, antagonist of that film is Buffalo Bill. Yeah. And sounds the lambs. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's just my. It's been too long since I've seen it. it. Yeah, I, I just I, figured the person that ate people would be an antagonist. He does it, he does, none of those things. Not he normally does in the socially film, acceptable. They, they just allude to it in yeah. passing, and the, the 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 corporate officer tells them about it and stuff like that. So yeah, if you look at the relation, it's more about the relationship between him and uh, what was her name, Clarice. Clarice, Jodie Foster. Yeah. yeah, and one of the most iconic quotable films that have. I've only seen it once. You do tell me when those lambs stop screaming, Clarice. <laughs> you know, mm. he's so good. Now that we've gone through the Anthony Hopkins love fest. Well, so the movie opens. Yeah, so the movie opens with a kid poking holes in a wagon and peering through them. Um, later in the movie, that same kid puts on the real mask of Zorro. Uh, the plot is foreshadowed in the opening shot, which I think is awesome. Um, do you want me to give kind of a synopsis? or? I think that'd be fitting. Okay. Um, I do have like a small synopsis uh, written, but I just, I don't know. I feel like it's, I feel like we should go through it a little bit. Okay. Because uh, when I when I read the synopsis, I'm like, this doesn't do it justice, and it doesn't really it doesn't so, really capture the film or really like explain it very well. Let's be clear, this was your choice. Actually, it was Colin's choice. Uh, was my he's choice. never even seen it. How do you know about it? So I have a, I have a list. Oh, I picked from a list that Ben gave me. And he chose this because Ben told you it was the closest thing to a superhero movie. Yes, exactly. Oh, there it is. It really it's the is best though. superhero it really movie. Is. Yeah, Ben told me this was the best superhero superhero movie, and I said, bet, let's do that one. So yeah. did you, because I said that, do you, now now that you've seen it, Colin, do you think that it's a pretty good superhero? I think it's a great superhero movie. I love this movie. Um, I think it was a great combination of action, of love, of humor, of drama, of... It's got it all. ...being able just to even, I mean, I don't know how real any of it was, but at least like even a different side of history that you don't think about a lot thinking through like the uh california becoming its own country or attempting to become its own country and things and so i enjoyed it a lot and so maybe we can just jump in right there with talking about what this movie was about so um basically this movie is about this old guy well he wasn't old at the time but uh there's old zorro and young zorro and basically old zorro gets this in this fight with this guy, they were nemesises and stuff, and uh, he ends up nemesis. beating him and taking old Zorro's daughter <coughs> and making them her his own. And then, like twenty years later, it fast forwards, and we have we see how this new kid becomes Zorro, and how old Zorro takes him under his wing and uh, fights the same nemesis and Maybe saves California. I'm watching your face critique whether his synopsis is adequate. It's I, not adequate, but it'll do. <laughs> <laughs> the the amount of kindredness between Ben and I in this moment is, is, is uncanny. All right. Well, how about I read the actual synopsis? That would be wise. I could have done that, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is so bad. Uh, I don't have it pulled up. I do. 
Oh, no, I got it. I got it. In 1821, Old California, after humiliating once more the evil Spanish governor, Don Rafael Montero, the mysterious black-caped masked avenger of the oppressed Don Diego de la Vega, or Zorro, finds himself incarcerated. With his only daughter raised by Don Rafael as his own, the grizzled swordsman makes a daring escape nearly two decades later and takes under his wing the unrefined outlaw Alejandro Marietta to teach him the ropes and hopefully become the next Zorro. Now, the stage seems set for a ferocious final confrontation as the new young rapier-wielder prepares to thwart the despicable governor's sinister plans. Can Alejandro live up to the legendary Zorro's name? Did you say rapier? Rapier. It's, it's a type of sword. Oh, okay. Also, how do you pronounce your last name, Ben? Morieta. Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, so I could get into that if you want. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so uh, this movie, uh, you know, it starts off with, uh, you know, Don Diego de la Vega, who is uh, playing Zorro. And um, it's kind of, it's very like, uh, it, I kind of got like a Batman feel, you know, to the whole like him after he like does mm. his cool heroic thing. He like goes back to his bat cave and there's like a, there's like a waterfall entrance and he has a mansion and like, you know, I just thought of it. He's a Spanish Batman. Oh yeah. And, I, and I'll get in, I'll get more into that later. But um, he had a, I got kind of like that uh, kind of like 007 vibe, you know? Yeah. Um, which is cool because the uh, Martin Campbell, the director, actually did um, did a Casino Royale. Yeah, uh, Goldeneye. He did Goldeneye, Goldeneye before yeah, that. A few of those, yeah. yeah. And so he, you know, he direct. He's used to directing like, um, you know, spy movies and Double I movies. love Casino Royale. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, so it's kind of fitting for for this kind of scene. But um, anyway, so Don Diego, or not Don Diego, Don Rafael shows up, and you know, as Colin said earlier, he. Uh, just like takes his whole life from him, you know, and burns his house down. Totally steals his child. Steals his child. Kills his wife. He well, did he, not. He was. He was. He did not. And he and, did not. And what? that's that's a that's a great. He did not kill his wife. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now that that, 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 that is was, true. It was accidental. And one of the most important plot points of the movie, kind of what you were talking about, is that it, it it's alluded to that Raphael had some sort of love for yeah. um, Elena's mother as well, and like it was it was kind of this like this daughter should have been mine. Yeah. So not only am I going to imprison you in the idea that I'm raising your daughter, but I'm also going to kind of like vicariously explore what this life would have been like if I had been you. Yeah. So the way I, I, I actually spent, um, I actually paid extra close attention to Don Rafael Montero this time mm. uh, because I, I started to notice a tremendous amount of depth for his character um, more so than I did the first few times I've seen this. Um, and just like a, a villain like this, you could have easily just been like, oh, he's evil. He twirls his mustache. He does evil things. But instead they gave him all this depth and it, and just by like paying attention to him, I could, I deduced that, uh, um, this is just like my opinion, but like, uh, from observation, that's what I meant to say. Mm, um, that's a tough word. Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's the end of the day. So it's my, my own observation is that he wants to be loved by the people. You know, he wants to have his cake and eat it too. Well, I mean, I, I think you see his humanity, right? So yeah. I didn't mean to misspeak. He did not kill Don Diego's wife. Um, Don Diego's wife was running to save Elena, the baby, when the fire caught to the curtains. And as she's running, the guard actually shoots his wife. And then D Don Rafael proceeds to stab him to death. And then the moment of humanity you see is when he comes over to Don Diego. Like you see in this moment, even though he hated this man. And he's sorry. He looks at him. He's like, I, I would, you know, I would have never like killed her. And like, that's not always something you see in movies from a villain is yeah. those like moments of there was almost like a, that, like this moment of mutual respect, not necessarily for each other, but for this other person that was 
was just lost. And so, like, you do see some depth and humanity to his character in that moment. Well, I think he also takes responsibility <laughs> of, like, he didn't kill her, but she wouldn't have died if he hadn't showed up. And there was no reason for him to be there. And, you know, kind of that, that starting space unfolding of, you know, both of them looking in the eye and him saying, though that wasn't my fault, even when he turned around and killed the soldier who shot her accidentally that was almost like a, a moment of repentance of sorry you know um i mean it doesn't cut it at that point no pun intended but um, i mean is it is it that he's sorry to him or that he's like so furious that the woman that he loved that he couldn't get was just killed you know? yeah i think it's a bit i think it's a bit of both i think it i think it's understanding that it, because he loved her he knew what um Della vega was feeling I feel like his whole thing is he just wants what De La Vega has. He wants to be worshipped by the people. He, he does, but... A, a loving wife and a daughter. Like, he wants all these things. So, as you said, like, in the first scene, like, we see this opening of this basically a political yeah. moment, right? Even in that first conversation when they when they very first kind of butt heads, and I'm sure, you, you know, I don't know if you'll get into that portion of it, but but you see that he wants it, but he's not he's not the man Delavega is. He's not righteous. He's even smiling he, watching he him has, fight. He has no. He has no honor in him, and he he doesn't. It you can see in his character arc. In my again, in my observation, my humble opinion, that he's kind of tone deaf to the factor that that's the missing ingredient. The missing ingredient for Delavega is honor, and that he does it for a purpose and for a reason, and, and selflessness and those type of things, and you know. He's he a doesn't man of the people. Yeah, he doesn't get that. He he doesn't. He's not for the people. Um, he's yeah. he's for the he's for himself. The clout. Yeah, yeah. So I just I just like the appreciation. I, I I just like to appreciate the depth of them that they went for the villain. So yeah, then he gets thrown into prison and he's there and like they do like a twenty year gap, you know. Um, and then another another tragedy happens with our you know our our next main character, if you will. Like I don't know if you young want to Zorro. say yeah. So like is young Zoro the main character or like is <laughs> yeah? That's one of the greatest Zorro parts of the, the movie, right? It's is like that there's two main characters. It's two main characters, yeah. and you you mm-hmm. care equally for both. Yeah, uh, two parallel stories that are very similar. Yeah, it's a very Avengers moment at certain points. Like when you see him enter <laughs> in like certain that. places, you're like, man, Delavega is the truth. And when you see you know. Alejandro finally grow to that. You're like, man, Zorro's awesome, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so we open up on this other character, and he's uh, traveling with his brother. This was honestly one of my favorite scenes of the movie. Oh, yeah, it's dope. Oh, yeah, for sure, <laughs> without a doubt. And uh, his brother is, uh, they're, they're known, in this movie, they're known as the Murieta brothers, and they're uh, famous train robbers, and like bank robbers and stuff. Can we just go and address the elephant in the room? Do you of... want me to, I can go into that history oh. if you want. Oh, I would love for you to go into that history. <laughs> Okay, so your last name is like identical to like that is your that's your full spelling your pronunciation like this is like yes. So is, is this like some ancestry dot com? Yeah. So oh, okay. Um, so oh oh. I was I was curious about it because growing up, my father we, we owned this. Uh, actually, I think he still owns it. Uh, my dad owns this uh, the VHS tape to this movie. Yeah. And we used to watch it all the time. All the time. Yeah. And he would always point it out like, hey, that's you, that's me, you know, Marietta, you know. And uh, <laughs> how'd that go again? <laughs> that, One more time. That's how he talks. I'm yeah. just saying, okay, that's that's my. Hey, that's who? That's me. <laughs> I like that. That's great. He normally doesn't talk during movies, but he, he did during this one. <laughs> Good man. I'd, I'd love to spend time with him. <laughs> He's a great guy. But anyway, I I called him the other day because uh, I wanted to know a little more, and and I kind of knew bits and pieces of it, and I, I knew that this was based off of a real person, and I knew that maybe we were like somehow connected there. So I I called him the other day, and he told me that he dated a girl in high school who did a report 
on uh, Joaquin Murrieta. Um, and according to her research, uh, I don't know how she did it, but like uh, her, my uh, my father is a and me obviously are descendants from uh, one of my, Joaquin's many brothers. Uh, Joaquin had a lot of brothers. So point being, like these were real people, including like uh, what's a three finger Jack? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I while I was di- while I was doing research on Joaquin, uh, I found I I thought like when I saw the legendary three finger Jack, I thought that was I thought just that was made up. Yeah. I was just like that's Such a movie, an incredible thing. character too. But it but it turns out he's actually a real person, and I I I, re- I think I found that out today, but. Uh, either earlier today or yesterday, but you know, which I so. mean is 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 really sick in two different ways. Because number one, <laughs> it's it's incredible yeah. that you may have some ties with these people, but it also for someone like me who I watched this movie so much growing up. Like this was one of my blockbuster repools quite consistently in my early. I mean, because I was maybe like ten or eleven when it came out. Rest in peace, blockbuster. Yeah, rest for real, um, mm. man. Do you know what moment, moment of silence? Moment of silence for everyone. Do you know what Blockbuster is, Colin? I, yes, I know what Blockbuster <laughs> is. But it, for the record, though, I just want in, in context. It was my first time watching this movie last night. Yeah, which is wild. Word. But again, you know, for me, I'm like, wow, these people may have truly existed, and this is not now. This is not just this. It's also history piece. You know, it's it's a, it's no different than watching a movie on Jesse James or Billy the Kid's Avengers, the Avengers. Right. You know, yeah. All the real stuff. I think the basically what you find in that scene is <clears throat> Joaquin's. <clears throat> sorry, what's Joaquin's brother's name? Alejandro. So Joaquin and Alejandro. It's uh, really bad. You're fine, dude. Well, you, did, you did pretty well. Uh, did Alejandro. Uh, so they both basically they pull this whole ruse on this group of police officers, um, and it looks like three three finger Jack is actually bringing in to collect a bounty on both Marietta brothers. And, uh, and ultimately it's all a, a big ruse to where they're all there to basically rob the police officers. And inevitably what happens is uh, one of the Marietta brothers actually gets shot um, and he dies there and three finger Jack gets shot in the air, which we find out later happens again. Uh, but really what unites the story is that you mentioned that both these characters, uh, Anthony Hopkins' character and Antonio Medeiros, they both are stories of people that are fueled by loss. Um, one by the loss of his wife, one by the loss of his brother. And and so really it's a story of two people grappling with grief. Well, So to clarify, during this whole encounter, one of the brothers dies. and would... So in the movie he actually... Uh... He's he's surrounded, and Joaquin uh, takes out his pistol and spits on the ground and shoots himself. Right, in order to not let the police yeah. officer kill him. Death then, before dishonor. And then uh, Harrison Love yep. gets off his horse. Uh, Captain Harrison Love gets off his, cor- his horse and uh, chops his head off. Harrison Love's another one of my favorite characters. And he likes so, to... Um... Guess what? <laughs> oh, yeah, so continue, continue yeah, down so for so just I, I, I want to make sure there, there's a very important scene that I don't want us to skip over. Of them tying all the police officers I knew this naked was gonna be oh, to yeah. the cactus. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's part. honestly probably one of the most terrifying, most painful things. <laughs> it is, but it's also like if you have brothers. I, I grew up with brothers and sisters. Like that's Did totally. They do that to you? No, have you been? It's tied not. Naked but, to a but but here's what I'll say. Like and do with this information what you will. Internet and world. <laughs> um, if me and my brother were train robbers and we had to do something of that sort, it definitely would have practical joke elements inside of it, too. We would not have just left, you know, cops. Like, you're in Home Alone, you would be like yeah, a sticky Yeah, I'm not just going to, exactly. I'm not just going <laughs> to disarm you. I'm going to make you strip down and hug a cactus. Um, right. And and that was an awful thing to watch. Even as a kid, I was like, yeah. Oh. I thought it was funny. There's some, like, pain <laughs> things you watch in movies that you just like, Well, to I be clear, they that. were tied to the cactus facing 
the cactus. Correct. Yes. I thought that part was hilarious. Which, because if they would turn the other way, it wouldn't be PG-13. Also true. <laughs> Thank well, you for clarifying. Depends on... So I want to I wanna go more into the... <laughs> I want to go more into the history of uh, Joaquin Morieta. Yes, please. Um, according to the lore, uh, he was a young guy who came to America during the California Gold Rush. Some men stole his uh, his gold mine and raped and killed his wife. And uh, after burying his wife, he took vengeance on these men. Um, and him and his brothers became the legendary gang of outlaws called the Morietas. And... Uh, they stole from the rich and gave to the poor. Robin Hood. Uh, very Robin Hood style. He was known actually like a as a cross the... between Robin Hood and Batman. Exactly. Exactly. He was actually known as the Robin Hood of the West. He was actually known as Robin Bat. Brat Robin. <laughs> Batman and Robin. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. <laughs> uh, so how do you so, so eventually do you know any more like descendant line, like how closely related you may have been? Like is like this great? Uncle? That's where it gets He's he's a great great uncle. Yes, as far as I can tell. If I I I could do the very accurate research if I wanted to, but I would have to like I would pay have money. to I would have to pay money. I'd have to send in blood samples to ancestry.com. Unless none of us are going to fact check. And like so, yeah, yeah. we're not Snopes. I know, I know. But like uh, my and my dad told me all this. He's like I thought about doing this a while ago, but like I don't know. So he's like if you want to do it, go for it. If you don't read that next sentence quick, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm trying, man. People keep interrupting me. So <laughs> So anyway, uh while they were, so they were this legendary, you know, gang of outlaws, and people they started getting a name for themselves, and people, you know, the people loved them, and eventually, uh, a man named Harry Love, along with his gang of bounty hunters, killed him. Ah, uh, killed him. Three Finger Jack. The Harrison whole gang. Love. Harrison Love. That's where it comes from. So wow. that's another, another, another little thing. I'm like, hey, he's real too. Like, it's, all these people are real. So this movie, what, this movie pulled from some really good. It did, yeah. But did you know? That last sentence. I'm trying, dude. <laughs> I'm getting there. And the supposed head of Joaquin. See, this is really bad when Matthew can read over. I can see the script. <laughs> he was almost there. So the so the supposed head of Joaquin and the hand of legendary Three Finger Jack were preserved in jars of liquor, like in the movie. That was true. I remember my dad telling me that growing up. So, so do you have it at your house? Oh, God. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So equally, equally as this movie was, so oh, like. Gosh. There were there were several scenes in several movies growing up that just scared the crap out of me. Like just I don't know if it was just because I was young or I I just wasn't completely ushered into how dark and gross the world is, especially in movies. That scene when I was growing up was always one that I just wasn't looking forward to. Like I knew it was coming. I knew that after a certain moment and a certain death, it was a Alejandro, I'd like to see you in my office, and I knew what was coming next. Um, so that scene, why all that is really cool, and I think that's dope that it could be cool. That also traumatized me as a kid, and it freaked me out. And I used to like see that head when I go to sleep because it was wow. just too realistic for me. It was a little the eyes are open, the mouth. Was, should I should I personally apologize to you? Uh, we can do that. You want to do that? I mean, it wasn't really my family's fault for. Oh dying, well, if you're gonna so. be half-hearted about it, I just say don't worry about it. It's All right, cool. cool. Yeah, let's right. move on then. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's. I think that's so sick, though. I, I, again, in several different ways. Like for me. It really makes me want to go back and kind of watch the movie again in light of all of that information, and you know, yeah, it's currently it's currently streaming on HBO Max. So hey. after watching it, I was like, man, I need the Blu-ray. Yeah, I'm getting yeah. the Blu-ray. Yeah, <laughs> I and I too had the VHS somewhere. I don't think my VHS player works any longer, but I definitely, definitely, definitely still have it somewhere. 
the uh, the tale of uh, Joaquin Morieta was turned into little these little books that they called dime books. Um, they did they they had they made these little books about like Western tales and yeah. stuff. They did the same thing for uh, Jesse James, you know. Yeah, yeah, and tons of other people, I'm sure. But um, that was a book that people read, and like I don't know how much of it is true. I'm sure some of it was embellished. Um, eventually, years later in the 1920s. Um, they, there was this guy, I think it was Johnson McCulley. That's what I have in my notes. Um, created the fictional character, Don Diego de la Vega, uh, fictional character Zorro, but he was inspired by Joaquin Morieta. He was, uh, a lot of, a lot of that character was inspired by this, which is why I think they, um, included that in the movie because they wanted to acknowledge the inspiration. So out of curiosity, I mean, Zorro seems to do things that are illegal ultimately for the good of the people. Yeah. So everything you've described about the Morietta brothers was, yes, they got revenge, but it also seems like they were robbers. Did they also have like <laughs> any, did they do positive things? Oh yeah. They also hunted down rapists and like okay. killers and stuff. So like I that. didn't know like how this they, turned into a Zorro sorry, inspiration, except that. for the fact yeah. that they were robbers. So Yeah. But they also gave a lot of, um, this was during the gold rush, like I said, and there was a lot of uh, Mexican people in California at the time who were persecuted and not treated fairly so this like this story of uh you know the the righteous rebel you know um just like carries on and i think it's kind of cool but um turns out this was also the inspiration for the legendary hero known as batman there's a lot of uh there's a lot of parallels to batman i get a i get a big i get a big batman beyond beyond vibe from this yeah you get you get wayne manor you get the bat cave underneath you do like and you even get like the, the waterfall, hero. the waterfall that you drive the Batmobile through. The rogue hero, born from tragedy, wearing black, vigilante, vigilante mask, a lots man of money of the people. Yeah, instead of a... except this guy talks in a normal voice. No, no, no. Like so, in a way, I have Batman in my blood. You can't know how happy that makes me. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes me happy that you're excited about something that has to do with a superhero movie. That makes me yeah, so happy. I Best just, day of my life. I just really, I've just, I've always loved Batman, and now I know why. Yeah, <laughs> you're not a fan of superhero films. I'm not a huge fan of the Marvel. He, movie. he doesn't Sorry, love guys. MCU. No, well, we could fix that. It's fine, okay? Like, there's, it's fine. Like if I we said, if I we walked the... if we walked it together, we could fix that. I enjoy some of it. I just I don't want to go into that, man. I could I can no, talk no, no, for no, hours. I understand. That's I can cherry. Well, let's jump. Let's let's like, we we he does like the Snyder cut. Pave the way. Let's let's jump. Let's jump into this movie. What what parts? You know, where do we want to go? What do we, what stood out to you? What do you like? I feel like I've talked a lot, so I'm going to let someone else talk. I, I mean, I think somebody mentioned earlier, like one of the favorite scenes, I think maybe it was you, David, is <laughs> Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like the first, <laughs> everyone's just like, so there's a scene with Catherine Zeta Jones. I wasn't. Wait, and when I thought of let's that start scene, talking about this movie. What scenes really stand out to you right here? Well, when I was well, like, oh, boy. interesting, you say so. There is one. There is this really one incredible. I mean, uh, really very uh, artistic. Artistic. Um, I mean, where I was going really was the scene where um, Antonio Banderas is drunk. He's grieving over his brother. And then Anthony Hopkins, who's actually broken out of jail, uh, he, in a scene right before that, had decided he was going, he, it looked like he was going to kill uh, Don Raphael, but then when he saw his daughter Elena there, Colin, that was his daughter, uh, is that when he saw Elena there, he decided not to enact vengeance right there. And so he goes and he finds the connection point that actually happens of where Zorro passes on Zorro, if you will, was that earlier in the movie, you find these two little boys that are watching Zorro do like his last hurrah. And ultimately, they helped save his life. He gave Zorro gave this necklace of his to pendant. one of the brothers um, this pendant and ultimately um, 
Antonio Banderas' character takes it off his dead brother. Um, and when Zorro um, sees the you know drunk Antonio Banderas, he recognizes the, the connection. And so it wasn't just a random happenstance that this young man actually became Zorro. And he ultimately brings him out of ultimately getting himself killed in a drunken stupor going against Harrison Love and, and, and offers to train him. I love the arrogance of... Um of Alejandro's character at that time. And Antonio Banderas, by the way, is another one of those actors who I feel like at this point in his life does not get the credit he deserves for being such an incredible caliber of actor. And this is one of those films that really showcased that. But like, he is the most arrogant <laughs> thing at that point. And, and yes, hurt, drunken, and, and all those sort of things. But I, I love the line. That's one of the one of my more favorite lines in the film where he says, you know, I've never lost a fight. Not once. And and Don De La Vega says, except for right now, to an old man, you <laughs> know, to a crippled old man, yeah, with a crippled old man right now, yeah. So, and it, and it's it, also that the, that's one of the delivery lines of the swagger of Anthony Hopkins that makes him so legendary. Um, he can fuss you out in a whisper. So, little note: you talk about how good Antonio Banderas is there. I did go look to see if this movie got nominated for any awards. It did get nominated for two Oscars for editing and sound effects. But when it came to the Golden Globes, it did get nominated for uh, Best Picture for um, Comedy or Musical. But one of the actors, we, we, we already, well, because it is a comedy. I mean, I would argue. It's, got some uh, it's comedic. It's got some good horse humor. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean, I think especially when you watch the scenes with the police it officers. Had I would say, to I would say it's too. Cactus. Yeah. Well, I, but I would argue that it, it takes such a dramatic right turn towards the end and an emotional I mean you could cry in this movie if you want to no it's not super campy but like the, I will say the scene specifically anytime those police officers are involved and I think part of that is a tip of the hat towards the old Zorro show like the old Zorro show like had a little bit of that campy humor but there was a Zorro show we, we, yeah yes. I was going to mention earlier there was a Disney produced a, a Zorro oh, TV series yes, in the 50s yes. um, there was also a movie in the in I think the 20s yeah there used to be a, at least one black and white film yep. maybe more yeah yeah and so when what the what were y'all i was saying something i'm, I'm sorry i'm adhd you're you were talking about sound effects ah so we argued earlier that there's two main characters so one of them got nominated for best actor in the film which one was it golden globe best actor in a comedy or musical Anto antonio yes antonio not anthony hopkins hmm. who do you think actually had the best performance out of the two anthony hopkins I don't know. It's a, it's a very They're different thing. So so, so I think Ben would agree with me on this, and if you don't, jump in and say so. But to say that Anthony Hopkins may be one of, if not the greatest actors of all time, does not necessarily mean that he stole this movie because I don't no. think that that's the case. I feel like Antonio Banderas is the main attraction here. And, and kind of like in Silence of the Lambs, he's an incredible supporting actor and does a great job. Well, there was another very attractive actor in it as well. And she uh, did not get nominated the man who played um, <laughs> Don't know Harrison <laughs> Love. <laughs> Not a bad beard. I think my favorite scene, oh, besides another scene, is... <laughs> head in the jar. Is my, my favorite scene is when uh, Antonio Banderas kind of goes rogue uh, and puts on his own sloppy version of A Mask of Zorro uh, to go get this uh, Andalusia, whatever type of horse, this black horse. Yeah. And uh, he goes to get it, and... What he went to go get was a butt whooping. Yes. <laughs> and I mean, I will say he did better than I expected on his first hurrah, but he ultimately yeah. hides inside of... Estupido. He hides inside of this... Um, sick... Uh, 
Confessional. What's it called? What's oh, a confessional yeah. church? Confessional. What's a church? <laughs> I think I think I think the word you're looking for is <laughs> what is a church? Thank you, you know cathedral. What, you know what one of those I don't know what a church is. is. Okay. Uh, but he's in a um, confessional, and I love this scene to where you know Antonio Banderas had had his first interaction with Catherine Zeta-Jones, and she had kind of gotten a little steamy seeing like this mysterious man and seeing his eyes and hearing his voice, and then she goes to confessional to actually confess uh, that she had sinned, and that was where he was hiding it. I just love this dialogue there. Um, that they don't know that they're speaking to each other. One of the things I do think is funny is she says that she broke the fourth commandment. <laughs> I was going to mention that. I was going to mention that. And the fourth no, commandment, father, she says, something. and he says, which one is that? He said, did you murder somebody or kill somebody? And because he didn't know the right commandment. The funny thing was, neither did she, uh, <laughs> because she thought it was, you shall honor your father and mother. Well, the actual commandment is observing the Sabbath. So she was, she, and so I don't know if Martin Campbell, the screenwriter, was maybe that was meant on purpose. While or? I was watching that scene the other day, I was like, because I, I remember that used to bug me as a kid too, because I knew the commandments obviously growing up and i was like while i was watching it as a kid or not as a kid while i was watching it the other day i was like uh I think Matthew's going to bring that up in the podcast. It happened. But I, I just love that like she felt like she had dishonored her father because she had looked at this man and then he's like, did you look at him lustfully? And she was like, yes, lustfully. It's just like this little Yeah, I mean, I mean, the thing is, is like, okay, let's just let, let me open up the, uh, the conversation for the elephant in the room. Both of those human beings are top tier attractive humans of the 90s. Like, yeah, they're both, both above those, a five. They're <laughs> well above a 10, probably. Um, and, and he just as much look, I'm a you know, hey, it is what it is. Like, that's an attractive guy. I showed this movie to my wife for the first time, she had never seen it when she was an adult. I think we watched it. Um, a few years before we, we even got engaged and I remember her saying that too because I said something obviously about you know how beautiful Catherine Zeta-Jones is and I was just but I, I did I just mentioned it in that way and she's like I mean he's not <laughs> he's not bad himself but I think the beauty here that really ties you in and brings you into that tension is their chemistry no, crazy. was crazy it's still to this day is like some of the best chemistry on screen it's like that dance scene Oh, that's that's one of my favorite scenes, but I, I don't want to get a, a horse before the carriage. It's it's noteworthy that they took the time to build their relationship because you got two hours. You know, you got mm. two hours to tell this story and you're like, OK, right. he's got to do all this heroic stuff. He's got while you're also Zorro. telling all the other stories, We're telling all these you know? stories. But we also need these characters to have chemistry, get into a relationship and not have it feel forced. Well, I think the thing that they did so well, which is hard is and Ben, you love when acting uh an explanation Payoff and isn't done strictly through exposition. Like Ooh. a huge amount of their connection is their eyes. Oh yeah. Like it, sure. it's hardly through like huge romantic dialogue. It's just their connection through looking at each other, which is just, yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. That, 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 uh, the dancing scene is also one of my most favorite scenes to watch anyways. Um, as a music lover, that score has stayed with me. Mm-hmm. For a long time, same. And also, uh, that soundtrack, by the way, yeah. Um, that one uh, Mark Anthony song is just, oh man. I mean, I've played that, and it became like so many women's and men's wedding song as well. Like that's a, it's a very. This movie, this movie is as a movie that's probably swept under the rug these days. It really, it had its moment in the spotlight. Speaking around. of that dance, what was your favorite line that he said to <laughs> yeah, Captain yeah, Love? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, "The the." he walks up with this swagger while Captain Love is dancing with Elena and, um, you know, it's a, he just basically butts in um, and Captain Harrison turns around and, and basically says, are you looking for something? 
Uh, and he says, yes, the sense of something miraculous in the everyday life. Uh, and, and Harrison Love responds with, well, oh, really, why don't you try looking for that someplace else? The lady and I was trying to dance. And he turns around all swagger and, and his voice and his accent and says, you know, well, you were trying. She was succeeding. Um, forgive me, Captain, you know, a shameless joke at your expense. And he just kind of goes on with this. And all the while, by the way, in this particular scene, he's playing a rogue agent who is like uh, faking as well, yeah, if that's he, what I was gonna he's, a, he's a Don. Like, you know? kind of where we're at in the movie is as old Zoro's training young Zoro, then in order to get closer to Raphael, who, or that's the bad guy, Raphael? Yeah, Raphael yeah, yeah. In order to get close to Raphael, he pretends to be a, a affluent man, and so they sneak into this big banquet, they get invited there, and even while they are there, both old Zorro and young Zorro, uh, his goal is to get invited to the head table, and so he gets invited to the head table, and that's where there's some more dialogue between Catherine Zeta-Jones and him, and uh, even it's kind of, it's one of those cool things, that are like it's almost like that scene in Batman where they're talking, oh, it's just like that scene in Batman, where they're talking. <laughs> this movie is Batman. <laughs> well, no, it, 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 it is. Parallels. That was Alfred. <laughs> no, I know what you're saying. Where right, they're yeah. talking about Batman, and she's like, talking about how good he is and he's like i don't know he's just a you know i don't think it's great for the city or whatever basically is this whole scene happening in zoro as well yeah you're right and um but then that's where they break away to get away from the awkward political talk and go dancing and in that dance too though there is a moment where so they've already uh encountered one another in the church you know he's already training to be Zoro-esque or, or some sort of avenger process here of saying like i'm going to go and do these things and there's something in that dance that it's like they're trying to say she knows who he is and they know who they are. And that one moment at the end, after they kind of come back to and looks like they're about to just on the dance floor, uh, you know, they lock eyes again. And again, like Matthew was saying, you know, this eye contact moment sells that self where you're like, okay, you know, I I just love how, how often as an exciting kind of just, you know, if you were to see this categorized today, I feel like it would just fall on like action adventure, and that does not really do justice. That's to like what this it could movie be a comedy, does. could be a romance, you know, could be a drama. It's like, all these things. It's the complete package. And in all of those things, it keeps you pinned. Yeah. Uh, it keeps you thrilled. So these uh, Batman parallels keep coming up. Does anyone know the origin of Batman? He was bit by a bat. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right. What happened to his parents? Oh, you mean the origin of Batman? I thought you were saying like who the writer of Batman. So so how? What? What was the? What was the moment that Batman? Oh yeah, easy. His parents were killed after seeing the Mask of Zorro. That's right. Really? That's right, yeah. Yes. That's what they were watching. That's, right. that's, that's the play that we I saw. feel. I, it's I the mark of Zorro, but yeah. I love you, bro. But I feel like you just looked that up. No, I did not. No, I knew it. Dude, a... Actually, let me let me say this out loud too. That might be true because I it have a stack. I have no, a st- might be it is. No, no, no. I mean, it might be true that he knew that off the top of oh, his head because I have a stack of comics at the house. I'm a comic book lover as well, and those stack of comics that I have are actually Matthew's comics. Oh, <laughs> and, and I've read every Batman. They're all Batman. I've comics. read every Batman trade that you can check out or buy from yeah. the 1970s to the 2000s. So, really? What's yeah. your favorite Batman comic? Long Halloween. Long Halloween. Oh, yeah, it's the one that he handed to me. I got that on me. my shelf too. I'm I like actually, your one. I like Dark Victory, but. I'm actually like not Batman a Batman begins. fan. I feel like oh. I feel like Batman, especially the way he's been portrayed in film outside of the Christopher Nolan trilogy, which is good because it's Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Um, You've insulted me in my household. No, just kidding. No, it's fine. It, it's it's the thing of like I've just heard the story so many times. You know, orphan rich kid, cool. 
you got you got a lot of money, so you got a lot of gadgets, and then you're kind of like, you know, whatever. The thing that I that I've always felt is like there actually I didn't feel like there was a ton of depth to Batman's character ever. Have um, you read The Dark Knight Returns? Um, I'll let you borrow it. Yeah, I I don't feel like I have, and that's another that's thing is like uh, understand like that's a that's, that's a, what makes it good. It might be an ignorant statement that I'm saying that because I have not done a deep dive, but the reason why is because every dive I've done, I've kind of like, whatever. He gave me the long Halloween, and I can say I really enjoyed it. I like a lot of the year one detective comics as well. I, I like that. that well, some of that is in the Batman. 80s. They started bringing it back to a place of depth and darkness because like, it got super campy after the Adam West shows in the 60s, and so I was trying to bring it back now, to that I place. I do have a special place in my heart for the Adam oh, West. Oh, I'm sure Batman. you like the Bam Pow Poo. Oh, my God, we should do that Oh, gosh, no. Good thing that I was wearing my anti-freeze undergarments today. I have it on Blu-ray. Let's That's an actual quote from... Let's do it, man. One of the things about Batman, I do think if you read more, which you don't need to talk too much more about Batman, but you do see his depth as you follow more into his you know, his character. One, you realize there's been numerous Robins. Like, the grief he deals with with the second Robin, Jason Todd dying, even his depth of the confusion of his relationship with Catwoman of just he like even die, that he got murdered by who the Joker yeah that's correct um, anyways back to Zorro one, one of right. the things that I thought was fascinating was the guy that trained um, Antonio Banderas in sword fighting for this movie so Antonio Banderas was adamant that he did most of the stunts which I think is actually Word. really admirable um, but because so, he's hard bro. so how many of y'all how many of y'all have seen like the old <laughs> adventures of Robin Hood with Errol Flynn like the old yeah, 19 course, yeah. like old old uh, and so Errol, uh, basically, think about how old that movie was. That movie's in the 1940s. Okay, it's that old. The guy that trained Antonio Banderas to sword fight was the same guy that trained Errol Flynn to do it in the 40s. And he said that he was the, the second best swordsman that he has ever trained besides Errol Flynn as an actor. And he trained actors for decade after decades. And like that's how serious that Antonio awesome. Banderas took this role. So he's the real... Diego de la Vega. Yes, <laughs> I think you see that though. I think the sword play is a, is a very sexy part of this movie. Well, I was texting. Yeah. I, I was texting Ben and Matthew. Next time I'll add you on the text, David. No, it's cool. But uh, I was Prefer texting if you them didn't, actually. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, we were talking. I'm like, man, uh, sword fighting should like come back. Like it should be commonplace to carry a sword again. Like yeah. how dope would that be? It feels so lame in, in movies now, but I back then it so was. Happy. I mean, it was the reason I walked outside and picked up a stick. You know what I mean? I almost brought oh, a sword yeah. to the office today just to yeah. because I could. But well, don't yeah. bring it unless you're going to do something with it. So that's a good place for us to stop and talk about our sponsor today, Swords. <laughs> Swords.com. Swords.com. Have you been ever wondering to yourself, man, I'd sure like a replica of the Highlander sword. We got you covered. <laughs> With Swords.com you, you, you subscription. Use code, watch, <laughs> use code watch better movies at checkout for uh, 20% off your monthly sword subscription. <laughs> Type in the code, Zorro is really Batman. <laughs> is the best sword in movie history William Wallace's sword? I'm sorry? Um, I think it would have to be Star uh, Wars Sildor's um, sword. Um, yeah, he said Lord history. Oh, history. Uh, no. Movie history. Wait, like, movie is history? a lightsaber a sword? Mm, yes, but no. Darth Maul sword, please. Neither, not the, the greatest in history. The best. Uh, What's the greatest like sword? It's definitely not the greatest no, the, movie. The best swords made in history were the that of the samurai, so the katanas. Yeah, nah, nah, Lord of the Rings. The, the, uh, have you ever seen Seven Samurai? Yeah. <laughs> Look! Look how those. Things I have were not made. seen Seven Samurai. <laughs> look how those swords were made, and tell me. Should we should we watch Seven Samurai? Uh, All right, hey, Colin we're, we're, will fall asleep. If you're gonna watch minutes. a samurai movie, you should watch the Last Samurai. We're we're we're, we're, we're getting, we're getting derailed but... again. Mask of Zorro. Oh, sorry, we're getting derailed. My bad, Colin. Oh no, no, we're good, we're good. I just want to be respectful of people's time. Colin's always here to reel us back. We, we can't. We, you know, people might so, listen to us for like forty-five minutes, but they ain't gonna listen to us for two hours. Screw them. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> you're all, I wanted you're to... already checked out. You're not even here anymore. <laughs> We're doing uh, this for us. <laughs> so, so earlier, earlier we mentioned um, you mentioned sound effects, Matthew. Um, I wanted to ask you guys if you noticed a particular sound effect that kept coming up, and it was a wildcat sound effect. I did notice. I, now that you say that, I remember one particular scene. I'm trying to remember what happens, but it, it's almost. Uh, it was a moment where it kind of scared me when it happened because it's like not supposed to. It's either a curtain pullback or something like that. Where you hear that? It was when he uh, he 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 like jabbed out of the grave with his knife. Yeah, God, yeah. that's it. That's exactly so what. So then, is. and then all the explosions, all the big explosions at yeah. the end, they added wildcat sound effects too. They also did a really good job with ricochet cool. noises. With I the now I know what you're talking about. I had no idea what you meant by wildcat. I was. It's, it's like kind of like this. Yeah, it's yeah, kind of like, like a, it's like a roar, like a. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. That's like a pterodactyl. That's more a of baby a baby pterodactyl. Yeah. <laughs> a, a, brand, a brand new baby fawn. The ricochet noises as With well. With cancer. Um, oh, gosh, <laughs> why? <laughs> why would you kill my pterodactyl? Said the bunny killer over here. Yeah, Sorry, that, I'm gonna stop picking on you for that. There was a okay. there was a lot of uh, I guess the swordplay too will come into sound effects. Um, the swords sounded like they would get stuck on one another because they were so sharp. <laughs> like every two seconds, when you hear one come out, it's not just like. There's also this one scene. Uh, I think it's at the very end when he finally, when Alejandro finally, you know, dons the dons the uh, the apparel of Zoro and like takes on the whole thing where they they do this light beam across yeah, the sword yeah. and like the whole thing makes a sound is like totally you know um, movies man movies. is it the trivia fact you want to share go ahead, share, share that trivia fact so apparently that wasn't done by cgi that was antonio banderas's like idea to actually shoot that exactly the way so that was cool. and it only took three takes to make that happen oh i love crazy. that where is That's antonio awesome. banderas bring him back so he's been he in spy okay? kids six Six. Yo, Spy Kids one and two, it's a respectable. Yeah, films. I like I like I like the first one for sure. Um, so I you you mentioned the um the suit. Actually, wanted to mention real quick. Uh, I love I love these types of movies because they it's kind of like in the rules. I feel like when you're making a superhero film or a film like this, where wear a cape. Uh, yeah, that too. Like I, I was watching the whole time. I'm like, man, this in real life that cape would slow you down. <laughs> but uh, no, um. In the in these kind of superhero movies, when you're when you're doing the origin and you're seeing uh, their development as a hero, um, they have to earn the right to put that final suit on. You know, like yeah. their first attempt, mm-hmm. like Spider Man, Batman. You know, like their first attempt is like this raggedy little thing. Yeah. You know, and they go out and they, you know, they they're kind of there, but like it's it's a visual, um, it's a visual thing to show the audience that they're not quite there yet. They're trying. They're making yeah. the effort, but they're not quite there yet. And I love that they do that in this movie too. And it's once he finally has the full get up, it's like he's earned it. You know, it feels earned. There was another. There's another scene back to the. Well, just to tie into that, there's a scene back in that we were talking about when we were talking about the dancing scene during that time frame. Um, old Zorro, if you will, is upstairs trying to find some intel and he he pretends to be the chauffeur and then he pretends to be a butler <laughs> yeah and he he does that whole punching scene <laughs> yeah, where he's awesome. like faking like he's whole you know it's uh, a great that's a great moment i was never bored during this movie no i wasn't either and and, and one of those you know what movie i was bored during <sighs> nomadland one of the things i really i really uh enjoyed about that moment too was the fact that like that moment felt like he's old Zoro. He is Zoro, and I like that when he punched the the butler. And so the other side about you know finally getting the thing is like it's also the moment that you're like okay, there's a new 
there's a new Zoro in town, you know, and he felt Alejandro finally felt like Zoro. It is a way for the 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 audience to understand like he wasn't ready yet, now he is, you know, here he here he comes, but I think also as you know, someone who's watching the film and enjoying the film, I was kind of sitting back like Oh, okay. Now I'm ready for this guy to be Zora. I don't. I don't think I was really ready for him to be Zora at some of the other. He was still like a punk. Film. Like yeah, you know, don't deserve yeah. it. I don't feel like he was because again, the the reason Zora was Zoro is is honor and for the people. You know, because mm-hmm. I think that's even one of the first lines. You know, in the movie when we open the scene is, you know, someone from the crowd is Zoro. Zoro's for the people. You know, he will save us. And yeah, well, I think ultimately you come to the end of the movie and these guys are both set on vengeance. One to kill. You know. Um, their mortal enemies, each one of them. And, and it comes to this moment in the Batcave where, um, you know, An- Anthony Hopkins is basically like, hey, like, I got to go. And it's like, I got to go deal with this. This is when Antonio Banderas realizes that Elaine is his daughter. And basically, he has to see at this moment if he, if uh, Antonio Banderas will actually be Zora, which means, will you choose the people over your revenge? Yeah. Um, and that's the moment where I feel like he actually becomes a hero because up until this point, this has all been training to enact his own vengeance. Now, does he end up killing Captain Love? Well, yes. That's even what Anthony Hopkins but, said when like, he gave him the outfit or whatever because young Zora was like, how could you, to old Zora, was like, how could you give up on him? Why are you worrying about your own thing? The people need you. And then old Zora looked to young Zora and was like, no, they they have Zoro. Yep. Like yeah, that was that kind of. So I think the key to that heroic nature was selflessness. But also, I think that yes, he had to take on that charm because that like he was about to walk out and he's like, well, no, like you're lacking one thing, and you've been learning a lot, but you're lacking charm. But what I like about that, like to me, it's not just that he gained the charm and the swagger to work his way into the dons. I think it's also that he learned self control. Mm. Um, and I think that that also helps. Like as a hero, you can't just be like in a movie like like a reckless hero just running in any situation. Like I think learning that charm also led him to be more calculated and more planned. Harrison, Captain Love also desperately wants to be Alejandro in the same manner that uh, the other one wanted. What's his, what was his name? Um, uh, Remind me the main villain. Raphael. Don Raphael. Don Raphael Raphael wanted to be De La Vega. Like Mm. every time Love thinks he's got the swag that (laughs) Alejandro doesn't even try for. Like, (laughs) you know, he walks in and he just is. And then uh, Harris, you know, you see Captain Love gritting his teeth every time that he's there. So, um, so is it time for us to talk about the, um, the scene, the scene, if you want to, sure. I love. It. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, just okay. So like, specifically, like, yeah, like? no, not, not to make oh, too big of a deal. Well, but it is a very iconic scene of this movie, and even like earlier today, I was sharing with one of our other coworkers. I was like, "Oh yeah, that uh, Mask of Zorro, Legend of Zorro movie," <laughs> and he goes, "Oh, the one with the sword scene with Catherine Zeta Jones." I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> yep, that one." Yeah, um, very iconic scene where yeah. uh, Zorro, young Zorro, and Catherine Zeta Jones meet in the stable and are sword fighting. We learned they were vigorously. They were the we learned that Catherine Data Jones can hold her own in a sword fighting uh, that's cool. fight. Yeah, it's a great it's a great part of the scene is that she she kind of like alludes that she's been trained her whole life. Yeah. And they start fighting and then it does get a little bit intimate and he starts kissing her like in the midst of fighting and then she'll push him away and they'll fight a little bit more until uh I think he had a different kind of strategy than her. It's yeah. just so I think she was tearing his clothes off too. What, what, it's just so funny, man. Uh, what, uh, it's very uh, like, uh, <laughs> and you can you can probably edit that so out. That's like I will say in the midst of like classiness, though. Like I feel like you know, not that there weren't movies that were way more explicit back then either, because there have been. But like, was the scene like 
was it a sexy scene? Was it like a provocative scene in its own right? Yes, but like it was also done in a way that like was classy. It was. Yeah, it wasn't and, totally like, was. and and totally. I respected that because totally. like it captured that moment. Like you know, I, I I've told you which movies can I show my kids. I could show this movie to my kids. Yeah, and the thing and is, like, I appreciate that. It's, it's the climax. It's the climax. It's like I probably wouldn't show it to my kids, but it's a, it's the climax <laughs> of parenting is hard. Judgment. Parenting is hard. Um, it's the climax of their tension, but it actually just leaves you suspended in tension. It was the climax, all right. Yeah, it was the climax for sure. For are we twelve? For a lot of I told us. my parents. My my parents know that I have a podcast now, and oh, I'm so happy. they have not listened to any of them. But this is like their favorite movie, so you might need to edit out. Uh, oh, I'm leaving it all, oh, in, buddy. It was David. <laughs> David it was David. So mom, speaking mom, of it, mom, it was David. Speaking of class, David. <laughs> uh, uh, just real quick, I love I love the scene in uh, the end where actually uh, tor- towards the end there there's two little fights. Um, there's one kind of towards the end. There's one. At the end, where um, um, Harrison Love fights, you know, Alejandro, yeah. and they have like sword fights. Now, in both of these fights, in the first one, um, they're like in they're like right outside Don Rafael's office. Yeah, and they have that. You know, he gets rid of the guards, gets them out a window, and they have this fight. He gives him his sword back so that they can have the fight. Yep, class, mm-hmm. class. That happened later as well. And then later, yeah, later, you know, when with when Don you, Diego, when you mentioned the yeah, t- true. But later uh with with these two when um when they're uh, when they're on top of the mine and he does his cool little like mm. you know, the uh, shovel glare. the shovel sl- uh, sledding. It yeah, that's so too. cool. But like there there's a little glare off the sword and uh they're about to fight and then uh Harrison Love pulls out his pistol. Then he throws it on the ground class just yeah. saying it's cool like he's like i'm gonna defeat you harrison and it right went both way. ways this is the other cool part yeah, yeah. it was, it was like mutual that. respect of of like if we're gonna do this we're gonna do this well and harrison love also fights with that same in the especially in the second fight scene he fights with that same desperation of wanting to be he just feels you like a tell. wannabe the whole time yeah. you know like the i remember his hair is so cheesy. he gets stabbed i think he gets stabbed once before he actually gets like all the gold falling there. on his head, and um, well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what was top, what was the cause of death? It's probably the top five yeah. ways. Uh, so he was stabbed. I, I, he was stabbed in the stomach. He was stabbed, but he was left on top of the thing. And I love how both the villains were killed by their own gold. So it's like their own oh, their own greed. You know, I think them. if I had to choose a way to die, I'd be okay with it being like thousands of pounds of gold falling. You, I would you, you would pre- I disagree. You prefer gold death? You know? Yeah, I feel like that's the, actually like the most. Like, I mean, Colin, I'm not hating on this. I've never thought about. Gold death. Yeah, it's not in your like top five. But what about the metaphor my man's bringing out here that they died with their own greed? Like? Yeah, I mean the whole point of this whole movie is, so is the gold rush yeah, and the movie. and the in, in California and Mexico and tension and yep. that's the whole thing. And yep. so um, trying to buy California with its own from yep. Spain with its own gold. Well, and you have uh, I mean, dude, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of slaves workers mm. in and they were going to kill them all. and they were going to kill them all after they were done doing what they needed them to do. Um, Even when there was all this fire, they're just gonna let them all die, and that's when they sent. He sent Catherine. You notice though? Do you notice like how somebody can go from this evil to like it leads to just like insane evil? It's the beginning of the movie. Don Raphael has three guys that he's trying to kill just to get Zora to come out. And one of the other Dons is like, who are these guys? He's like, I don't know, three guys from the crowd. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. That's and then all point. of a sudden, so it goes from three to all of a sudden at the end, Captain Love's like, well, we need to kill all the evidence. And you even saw there, Don Raphael's like, oh, I don't know. Like, like can I do that? But, it, but then he agreed. And so like you see this trickle down of the consequence of greed. And you die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Well, I think it's the idea of if money is not the root of all evil. Oh, it is? Yeah. 
you would know that if you really don't look Batman. impressed. I just thought Colin was <laughs> dropping dimes over there. No, it's it's from Batman. It's the most yeah. iconic line. Yo, you could have let me have a moment, okay? The very no. the the very end of the film when I was uh when I was growing up was really hard too because I really just didn't want old man Zorro to die. Like yeah. I know it, I needed I knew it needed to happen, but every time it still kind of made me a little sad. And even now as an adult, I guess the nostalgia moment makes me a little whimpered puppy. When Hopkins goes, it's gonna be a sad day for me. Yeah, don't call me. Or or Ben can call me. I think he's eighty three years old and he just won an Oscar. Ho- Hopkins has well. a Hopkins has a, an incredible vast um, uh, array of philosophy for life, and I love every almost every bit of it. Um, I heard him just the other day talking about someone asked, "Do you have any regrets?" And he said, "No." He said, "I'm a I'm an old sinner." who's been sinning for a very long time, and I know that if you live with regrets, it usually causes you to just sin more, and I want to be a man who learns from my mistakes instead of living with my regrets. And I'm just like, can you be my grandfather? I just want to sit well, with you. Maybe he can talk. preach me one week. <laughs> yeah, dude. He's a, he's a, a, a professed I mean, I'd watch Catholic, <laughs> um, God-fearing man. Well, you would listen to him more, wouldn't you? <laughs> as we uh, wind down and wrap up, closing closing thoughts, comments, trivia. Robert Rodriguez actually was going to direct this movie, and they they, they turned down <laughs> they turned down his movie uh, because well he refused to do it because they refused his rated R version. Smart. Um, also, Steven Spielberg turned down directing this movie. We should totally do Desperado. I also love how Elena wasn't just a damsel in distress. Like, they could have easily just put her in the corner and been like, she oh, wasn't just a girl that was get there. tied up, run away, like, be, oh, no. I think there's a very, I think there's a very conscious conversation that's been going on and, and needs to be going on for quite some time of, of heroism and needing women who were strong. But growing up in the 90s, I, I just feel like we had a ton of that who were, you know, your Sigourney Weavers, your, mm. you know, these mm. these women were, 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 bad chicks man and they were you know uh sarah connor they're here to 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 do the thing and they don't need you and and she was very much that way and that's one of the cool things about that that's that steamy scene we're talking about is while it is a very you know epic dance uh, of sorts and and romantic it's also one of the things where you're like every moment she makes you like she's a bad that's a bad chick dude she she can hold her own in more ways than than just you know uh, mental. She's also extremely intelligent in this film. Well, I think that I might that almost too. be what made it go over better. Like, obviously, we've talked about it. she was a very attractive individual, but this movie was not solely about her attractiveness. No, it was about her skill, her wit, her or, and her intelligence. Her Remember, intelligence. She, she's sitting with like, her, there with the Dons, and she's critiquing their like philosophy of government. Yeah, yeah. 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 Which, like, that. you don't see that often for like a female character in a role like this. Sometimes. Yeah, but of course, right after that, they then they mock they her and degrade mock her. her for being a woman. Yeah. I think that was kind of the yeah yeah. Colin, have you seen Alien? I've seen Alien versus Predator. Oh Mother my Pearl. god! Okay, now that we just like as soon as we said Sigourney <laughs> Weaver, I was like, please God, tell me he hasn't seen it. Like yeah, Alien and Aliens um, yeah, those are, are, are two of my my favorite films. They they don't unfortunately hold up well for me though. Going back mm. and watching them, really? Yeah, oh. Aliens is still very very good. Um, if I had any, also, if I had any closing yeah. thoughts on this movie though, it would be uh, watch it. Like if you, I know hearing us talk about it, going through the plot. Like if you've never seen this film, um, it was it, it was a film that kind of uh, staple part of my childhood, and and I feel like it was also one of those films that threw me into loving movies more. Um, well, as I was thinking more about our audience, and I feel like who is our the studio, live studio audience. No, no, no. Wherever no. you may be. <laughs> Anybody that listens to this. Well, no, no, hear me out. Like, 
I think there's two ways you can listen to this podcast and enjoy it. You can either listen to it in a way to find new movies to watch, or I think as we found a lot, it's almost a way to be nostalgic about some movies and be like, oh yeah, that was a good movie. And I think this is a movie that, I mean, if you haven't watched it and you're like me, yes, an amen, go and watch it. But <laughs> Otherwise, watch it again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Grab like, your family my, and kids. What I'm getting at is like, I hope that, scene. I hope that this podcast showing up in your news feed is a nostalgic moment of like, oh yeah, that was a good movie. Or hearing us talk about it, like, you're like, oh yeah, like I need to go see those sorts of things. And you know, while I wouldn't say that about every movie that we've talked about, <clears throat> Nomadland, um, this one is definitely one that I would say, like, go watch. You oh, won't yeah. regret it. It's tough to find a flaw with this movie, other than plot convenience here and there. Like, I can't think of one. Mm. And even then, you have to, and I know you do, but like, just saying it aloud, like, we have to remember it's the 90s and, and people weren't as, like, I have to, you know, make the most nah, consistent, concise story. No, Aaron Sorkin wasn't so writing good. scripts back then. But they, but they, 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 but they still did. They West still Wing. made an incredible oh, yeah. film. As in the nineties. Yeah. You guys, I, I just, uh, I, I really have to pee so bad. Oh, you're good, bro. Um, here, I'll wrap it up. <laughs> Sorry, I'll wrap it up. My bad. <laughs> Can that be on air? <laughs> I gotta pee. You're good, bro. I drank two drinks during this podcast. <laughs> Coffee and sparkling water. water, man. <laughs> Coffee with gin. And then just straight. <laughs> I'm at yeah, we, right now. We know how you do it, Matthew. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely go watch this movie. Um, buy the Blu-ray or watch it on HBO Max. It's currently streaming there. Maybe it'll move to Netflix again. I know it was there for a little bit. Yeah. Um, do we know what movie's next? Uh, we don't, but we will. We will figure it out. Um, I will say that if either of you uh, ever murder my brother, I will carve an M on your cheek. Facts. Fair enough. I accept that. All right, you guys can leave a voice message on our Anchor page or leave a comment on our Twitter. We have voice uh, message? Oh, yeah, on Anchor. Twitter.com slash watch better movie. 